tired of losing jobs to more qualified, better educated candidates? Do you feel like life is passing you by? Then why not enroll at the Dalek Technical Institute and learn about all the exciting opportunities available to the modern Dalek on the go? I was on that path. No, not yet. Sorry. At Dalek Tech, you'll learn such skills as extermination and many more. What's extermination? Okay, now. I was on a path to nowhere until I enrolled at Dalek Tech. Now I am learning a variety of important vocational skills, and all paths are open to me, so long as there are no stairs on that path. Thanks, Dalek Tech. Dalek Technical Institute, conveniently located on Scaro. Call 065-016-011-00-0030 and ask for Davros Davros Gali. Dalek Steve appears courtesy of the Drunken Time Travel Podcast. That's Ketchup Hearing Bits of the Sarcastic Voice Podcast. Yes, that, that uh, as you say, that, that sketch was uh, written by me and Al Gore of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. Uh, and you did the voice of uh, Dalek Steve. Sorry, sorry, Dalek Steve did his own voice. How could I say that? I did add a line myself as well. But yes, it was predominantly written by you too, yes. Uh, but the episode that you're all excited about <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> is Dalek Invasion of Earth. Episode 7 to 12. Please, Gav, let me relive this episode again. Yes. What, you've, 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 you've watched it three times now? <laughs> Heard it maybe once more? Possibly? I did not. Oh, that's nice. I did not listen to, to it. I, I listened to a couple of episodes and then stopped. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like I knew what's going on. It's fine. Did your brain stop or? <laughs> Uh, so, let, let, me, let me fill you people in on what a fantastic episode. See, you know how we complain about Doctor Who not knowing the difference between galaxy and, and solar system? Did we complain about that last time? We've complained about that all the Did time. We? Yeah. But we don't I know seem I've to do, about we, it like we don't it. seem to know the difference between episode and story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, maybe we should cut them from slack. Yes. <laughs> We're drunk, they're not. Well... We don't know that. <laughs> it might have been drunk. <laughs> right. It wouldn't explain this episode. Story. So here we go with episode 7, Feast of Stephen. Farce with a capital F. On to episode 8, Volcano. The Daleks have finally made their... What? Oh, fine. Episode 7, Feast of Stephen. Remember the poisonous atmosphere? Well, that's the north of England, apparently. They land outside the police station at Christmas, and the police see the TARDIS with hilarious consequences. Because it's a police box, you see. Uh-huh. What seems like six hours later, they mater- dematerialize. The Doctor considers destroying the Terranium, but can't find Mount Doom in time. So they end up in 1920s Hollywood, and hilarity ensues. Also a lot of shouting. So much shouting. They eventually escape there too and drink a toast, since they were somewhere once when it was Christmas. And the Doctor destroys the fabric of reality by wishing a Merry Christmas to viewers. Ah, meta. Episode 8. Volcano. The Daleks have finally made their time destructor. Eventually, the quality control Dalek notices the Terranium Core is a fake 
after they've tried to kill one of the Universal Council with it. They exterminated him instead, but it's just not the same. It's so mundane, isn't it? MundaneReviews.com Then the Daleks start busting Malik Chan's balls, but he blames the Doctor. The Daleks put in an acquisition for their time machine, and Mavic waits for it to show up. Yes, he waits. For a time machine. Next, the most fantastical, unbelievable thing happens on Doctor Who. The TARDIS lands at an exciting cricket match. Exciting? A time machine bigger on the inside than outside, I can believe, but that? Next on the TARDIS's magical mystery tour is a volcano planet, where they meet the meddling monk from such episodes as the Time Meddler and... well, that's it. He damages the TARDIS lock and leaves them there forever and ever. Well, until the Doctor uses his secret shut-up-that's-why powers of his ring to open it again. The Daleks eventually get their time machine and, oh god, it's the chase part two to look forward to. Chase two. Chasier. Episode nine. Golden Death. It's 1986 and James Bond 007 is on a mission with 006 in a Soviet chemicals facility at... Oh wait, that's Golden Eye. My mistake. Can we do Golden Eye instead? No? That's for the next podcast. Okay. Right. Dateline. Ancient Egypt. The TARDIS and the Dalek time machine, which really should have a name, arrive. The Daleks search for the Terranium while the Doctor repairs his lock. Sounds like just like a Sunday. Because it's not crowded enough, the monk also arrives. And just in case you thought it wasn't Doctor Who enough, Sarah and Stephen are captured by Egyptians. The Bronze Age Egyptians. Daleks finally meet the monk, who get him to help with their diabolical pyramid schemes. Meanwhile, the Doctor finds the monk's TARDIS, and changes it to the appearance of a police box. Oh, the japes. The monk, who is apparently playing the role of Superman 2's Lex Luthor, tells the Doctor about the Dalek plans, and they make a deal. After Sarah and Stephen escape, they find the TARDIS inside a pyramid. Then, out of a nearby sarcophagus, a mummy's hand pokes out. Episode 10 Escape switch. Shockingly enough, it's not a dead Egyptian brought to life by a curse, but the monk who's fell victim to the doctor's superior rapping skills. Not rapping skills, that is. The world isn't ready yet for MC Doctor. They're off to see the doctor. The do- monk wants a heart. Stephen wants a brain. And Sarah just wants to get to home to Kansas. Needless to say, they're captured again, this time by Daleks. That would have made the Wizard of Oz better, don't you think? The monks rat out Stephen and Sarah and says the Doctor will give the Terranium Corps in return for them. Chen makes the announcement to the Doctor over Tannoy, which doesn't alarm the Egyptians at all. After a preliminary meeting, the Doctor eventually hands over the Corps to the Daleks who try to kill him. Fortunately, the Ewoks, I mean Egyptians, come to their rescue. With everyone in their respective time machines, the Doctor says he's taken the directional unit from the monk's TARDIS. The monk, however... Wandering aimlessly in time and space, finds himself on an ice planet. Meanwhile, the Doctor fits and attempts to travel Kemble with the directional unit, which would succeed if not for the explosion. Episode 11, The Abandoned Planet. They get back to Kemble, but the Deuce Ex Machina has destroyed itself lest the Doctor actually get somewhere he wants to go. Almost instantly, the Doctor gives Sarah and Stephen the slip, so they're forced to brave the Dalek City on their own. It's deserted, apart from the Universal Council who are in jail, without passing go or collecting 200 quatus. To escape, they unsurprisingly agree to turn on the Daleks and warn their respective planets, but more likely they are never seen again by anyone. Chen's spaceship explodes mid-flight, but he appears alive again seconds later as if it's... some kind of ruse? 
Shen takes Sarah and uh, Stephen prisoner, and they find the Daleks' underground city, which they presumably made after seeing Beneath the Plummet of the Apes. Big Maurice Evans plans the Daleks. Episode 12, The Destruction of Time. Chen's tenuous grip on reality finally snaps after the Daleks tell him that their deal is at an end. He says he's the leader of all, and he fires his gun at the Dalek leader, which has no effect. The Dalek still doesn't take kindly to this, so Chen's ordered outside to be killed. Chen does the first sensible thing this episode and runs off, although he loses points by shouting he's immortal. He is of course wrong, as he soon discovers when he's at the wrong end of a Dalek disruptor. The Doctor finally remembers it's his show and activates the Time Destructor, threatening to increase its power. The Daleks are confused in traps. Are we the goodies? The Doctor tells Sarah and Stephen, remember them, to go back to the TARDIS, but Sarah doesn't. In the jungle, they begin to age, some more so than others, with Sarah disintegrating. Stephen appears and tries to stop the Destructor, but his bumbling somehow reverses it, and they return to their previous ages. Well, apart from Sarah. Bad luck there. The Daleks are destroyed along with the planet which turns into Barren Wasteland. Not Barren Wasteland, the 1940s villain that is. Stephen and the Doctor take this at an opportune moment to take their leave. So, first of all, yes. we had an ice planet. Uh, yes. We had a forest jungle type planet. Was there a volcano or something? There was a volcano planet. Hmm. A desert planet. Yeah. At the end when everything was disintegrated. So, is this just all the planets in Star Wars? Did I say Star Wars copy of Doctor Who? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I thought that was what you said. <laughs> and, the, the, uh, and if they're going to copy of Doctor Who, they're going to copy of this episode, aren't they? <laughs> well, somebody had to. From now on, episode equals story and story equals episodes. I don't want any letters about that. They're both one and the same. Never the twain shall meet. This was a 12-story episode. So, since I didn't really talk about it too much, let's talk about the Christmas special. Why not? Well, I can think of many reasons. Because you didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> Why not? Well, I was going to mention this later on, but I'll mention it now. I didn't like it. It was trying to be a comedy, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. it? But, yeah, and that's not why I didn't like it. Because I like comedy. I mean, even in this episode, which we'll talk about later, there's a bit that's really funny and good. I didn't like it because it was bad comedy. I thought there was a lot of good comedy in it, though. In the Christmas bit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was. I think the, the whole deal with the, with the guy with his greenhouse, I thought, was great. Okay, yes, the guy with the greenhouse was great. Uh, yeah, rest of the episode. Let's so talk, let's, <laughs> the good, we should really talk about... Actually, we'll talk about... All the episodes, all the seven episodes, or six episodes, but we, the bits that we liked, mm. just to emphasise that we do like Doctor Who. <laughs> I liked yes. the bit with the greenhouse. Yes, the the meddling monk was awesome. Meddling monk was awesome, he, which we will talk about later. There's, there's, there's a sketch, there's, there's a brief bit that you really like, which we'll talk about. It. It'll be the quote. The Doctor had some good lines. Mm. Uh, um. It's it's just. I thought the first six episodes were a lot better than the last six, especially uh, yeah. the last two. Yeah, taking as two separate stories, yeah. So the first six were, were interesting, I really enjoyed them. But even but, so, but, I mean, taking as two different, like two six episode stories, they are very different as well. Uh-huh. The first six were more about Brett and Katarina, and then the second six were, were very much about Sarah Kingdom. And they did sort of conveniently split in 
split as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like, at end of the first six, sort of, they'd escaped with the real sort of thing and all that storyline, sort of, with making the fake and that, that had all passed and it made a nice sort of storyline and it's all right. And then this one made its own storyline that was just a bit tedious and dragged yes. out. It, yes. But let's talk about the first uh, episode, the so-called first Christmas episode. Yeah, the first Christmas special. Well, yeah, there was nothing special about it, but <laughs> it wasn't dangerous then, this atmosphere. Yes, after all the rigmarole and uh, cliffhanger of <laughs> the last episode, trust me, this atmosphere is utterly dangerous and poisonous to you or whatever you said. Yeah, oh, it's okay, it's only in the north of England. Hey, I managed to survive it, so, you know. Did you? Well, I'm still that, alive, that, weren't that's, I? Uh, that's yet to be shown. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were going to... You, you they, were going yet. To, they were going to live there for five years, <laughs> were they? <laughs> they weren't going to go out for a few hours at most. Well, it doesn't know how long it's dangerous for you. Could have just been picking up all the beer fumes. The beer fumes. Yes. It so, was Christmas that why after Stephen all. Stayed? It didn't stay. They wanted us to, because of the beer fumes. <laughs> well, if there was beer fumes, I'd have stayed. Is that why? Is that why it appeared that you had the police who were drunk driving? Is it because of the beer fumes? They weren't actually drinking. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen sixty-five. This is, and then you had police in their car singing drunkenly. Yes, archaeologists in the future will uh, sort of determine that there was beer in the atmosphere. We mentioned the greenhouse bit, the guy who who went to the police because his greenhouse was missing. It would yeah. have been so much better if somehow the doctor was behind his greenhouse going missing. <laughs> Why would he want his greenhouse? Though? I don't know, but if I was writing that script... Is I it because have, of the beer fumes? I would, have, I would have had, somehow the doctor would have had his greenhouse and convoluted a way to have it. But, and it wouldn't be revealed until the end of the yeah. episode. I did lo- like how it keep cutting back to him, though, telling the tale about his greenhouse. And, yes. and there's something else happened, and he's still complaining about his greenhouse. It was, ver- it was, very, it was very classic old comedy style. I'd like, uh, I'm, I'm here for a complaint, and the police guy says, oh, you want the doctors down the street? No, I want to make a complaint. <laughs> yes, I thought that Termination did well with the comedy in this one. Well, it often oh, does very well with the comedy, like uh, The Chase. Mm. He did well, but no, he didn't. <laughs> Largely unintentionally, but... Uh, yeah, Christmas comedy. Yeah, I didn't say... Yeah. The only point for it being set at Christmas was really because it was a Christmas in the real world. When else are you going to get drunk and policemen in cars? <laughs> yeah, policemen don't have cars until Christmas. That's their bonus. <laughs> Here, you can have a car. Any other time, you've got a Segway. And then, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, they moved into the silent movie bit, which was anything but silent. Oh, it was just, oh, it was just de- dreadful to my ears. Although this is another bit I liked actually, not the silent movie. The title cards, you know, the silent movie title cards you get come up and yeah. said, "Meanwhile, blah 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 blah." I liked that. That was a good part. That was a nice touch. Mm. I thought he was interested. That was about the only bit. Although it does uh, it does explain because I because I did listen to that episode from the you know audio with uh, the, with the guy narrating with Peter Purvis uh, Stephen oh. narrating the other bits oh, yeah. it did explain why he was hamming it up at some points and that was the title cards he was reading because I was thinking well even he doesn't care about this he's just hamming it up 
As I, I didn't listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> and the silent movie, they seemed to be filming every movie ever at that time. Yes, and screaming non-stop. It's, you've got to turn it down at that bit. It was just painful, wasn't it? There was another great bit in this episode where the doctor went up to some guy and said, uh, Oh, I recognise you, don't I? Yes, you're from the market. I saw you in the marketplace in Jaffa. I missed that bit. And it was the same same guy who was in the crusade and this. Uh, That was what you would call an in-joke guy. Yes, I missed it. You did. Of the many times I've watched it, I missed it. It was a reconstruction. Do you want to talk about the uh, Merry Christmas to everyone at home? Yes, I thought that was brilliant. Did you? No. Did you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it, really. Well, apparently they did that yeah. a lot in that shows back in the 50s did and that? 60s. Yeah. The producers blamed William Hartnell for it, but it was always in the script, so I don't see why it was his fault. Um, I just think they didn't like it. I've no, I See, that bit of the yeah. entire episode I have no problem with. Yeah. I, I don't see, think things, I mind it now. break the fourth wall, I'm fine with. Yeah. If I could have thought a way of breaking the fourth yeah. wall now, I would have done it, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think I like that one. It, they don't do it often. For, for a one-off for the Christmas special, I think that's all right. I have no problem with it. Of the police, back to them again. Mm. The one talking to Sarah was really annoying. Oh, yes. He was talk- he was, she was. She was standing outside the police box, the TARDIS. And he was, what was he, patronising her? I would say patronising. Patronisingly lecturing yes. her. Yes. And he was going to say... In the most boring way. In the most boring mind. way you could possibly do. In you a monotone voice. I have to arrest you, have to arrest you for loitering. Don't like to do that at Christmas. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, shut up. He didn't even have that much energy. No, he was draining mine. Yeah. But the other place they had their, or oh, the bit at the beginning he liked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I. <laughs> yes. With his, with his, I mean, I thought that the guy had such a Yorkshire, I thought he was going to go, oh, I. I thought, oh, he, I. I thought he was going to say, oh, I. And then another person was going to come on and go, one of cross beams and a, a skew on treadle. And then in the scene after he said, oh, I, many times, that that's what Sarah Kingdom says. So. <laughs> <laughs> but not in that she says, oh, I, something, something, something. <laughs> But it amused me. Did it amuse you? It amused me. I learned that from university. Speaking of Sarah, is she a companion? Um, I say yes. Also, have we talked about this? Uh, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. We talked about Katerina. Ah, we talked one. about Katerina. Right, why is Sarah a companion and not Katerina? Uh, it's due to the amount of trips that she took with the Doctor. Not the stories, from... but the amount of trips she had on the yes. TARDIS. Yes, Katerina was just a one-time passenger. It's nothing to do with the fact of how many big finish she's been in. No. Okay. But uh, I agree. I'm I'm more likely to believe that Sarah's companion than Katerina. A lot of it is because Sarah's more interesting. Well, um, she, she sort of willingly travelled with the Doctor. The Doctor let her travel with her to many planets, many trips in the TARDIS. She, she was effectively a companion in the grand scheme of things, even though... In reality, she only starred in, what, like six episodes or seven or something like that. Seven. Seven episodes. But she went on a lot of journeys with the Doctor within those seven episodes. Possibly eight. Whereas Katerina really didn't. She just was an accidental passenger 
one trip and then died. Pericutter and then burned up in an atmosphere somewhere. Let's talk about the eponymous Stephen. Yes. Why not? And his lack of patience. Yes, he's, uh, he doesn't like... Waiting. Waiting, yes. That, that sentence would have annoyed him. <laughs> yes, he would be having a go at me now. <laughs> he doesn't like... What are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> he's always got to be doing something and rushing into things all the time. See, I complained about his jacket last time. Mm. He stole a police jacket this time because yeah. he obviously realised his jacket was rubbish. Yeah. Although he changed back into it again. Mm. And also found time to do his hair really neat. Yes. And, there's a, and, a, and he put on some kind of strange North Humberside accent or something. And I like how which, it... Which was probably about as good as his, mm. his American accent when he would... Well, not Stephen, but the actor. <laughs> yeah. I like how when he went into the station and it was... Posing as a police officer, it took him like three attempts to uh, to sort of uh, to pose as the officer or the detective or the superintendent that they were expecting. Conveniently, it took like three reminders from the uh, from the cops because oh yes, I'm supposed to be pretending to be somebody. It wasn't quick on the uptake. He never is. Yes. He's rubbish. Stevens rubbish. Yeah, yeah I'm still so. waiting for him to get better because I don't remember not liking him as much as this. No. It doesn't seem I'm still waiting for something for him to do something, you know, really good that I'll enjoy. I was at his relationship with a doctor as well. It's the, they seem to argue all the time. I don't mind people arguing. I don't mind. It's not even funny. Yeah. Like Perry and the sixth doctor used to yeah. argue all the time. At least it was slightly amusing. Although you did wonder why, if you're arguing all the time, why are you spending your time with this person? But this seems like bitter arguing. The like complete difference of opinions all the time. Well, and you can imagine anybody arguing with Six Doctor. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a cunt. <laughs> I don't blame anybody for that. So, so this terrenium thing, mm. and uh, they talk about it being an M, a full M of terrenium. Yeah. Do we know what an M is? I don't know, but I think I'm drinking about an M of beer. <laughs> a full M of beer. Yes. It seemed to be a roughly equivalent volume of what they had. So from now on, uh, a beer bottle is going to be an M of beer. <laughs> Fortunately, it's not as rare as terrenium. <laughs> well, unless you go for the, uh, I can't even remember what you call it, the uh, Trappist Ale. That's really rare. That you can only buy from the monks directly. Let's move on to Mr. Mavic Chen. Or Magic Chen. Magic Chen. Magic Chen, as the doctor almost called him was. <laughs> Magic Chen being a great basketball player. One thing, how did it take 12 episodes for him to be killed by the Daleks, considering he had no respect for them whatsoever? Indeed, at one point in the later episodes, he, he, he pretty much slapped one of them. That was in the later episodes, though. Yeah, but yeah. what? They, they, they just brushed him aside because he was just a whelp. Maybe maybe they just liked him because of a nice shot of him when the Dalek was looking up at them. The Dalek was almost like a child compared to compared to Pavic Chen. There was this shot of them. But that's probably the way uh, Magic Chen saw himself. <laughs> he really did think he was the man. He, he thought of himself almost equal to the Daleks. He did quote George Orwell as well at one point. Does he? Some are more equal than others. I will believe you with that one. 
Yes, uh, Mabuchan <coughs> also talked about uh, forming his own Galactic Council. I suppose it would be an unofficial Galactic Council. So there'd be two Galactic Councils going around. Would this be a Galactic Council or a Solar System Council? Or a Universe Council? Well, I don't know. There would be the Galactic Council, the Universal Council, the Official Universal Council, the all-new Galactic Council. Is Mavichan in charge of the Milky Way Galaxy? No, he's not. He's in charge of the Solar System. Who's in charge of the Milky Way Galaxy? There's no one in charge of the Milky Way. That's like it's saying now, who's in charge of the Earth? No one's in charge of the Earth. But the other delegates have, have all got their own galaxy. He's the only one with a solar system. Who's in charge of the rest of the galaxy? The Daleks. Is it because the rest of the galaxy has no life? So yeah, there'll be like uh, there'll be many different galactic councils. I wish you'd gone insane earlier, to be honest with you. Much like the guy in the first six episodes who were... Went insane. Yeah, went insane and thought he was like the greatest thing ever and then got oh, uh, abducted. Uh, yes. And the doctor yes. pretended to be him. Yes. All oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like they did parallels and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think he went insane as much as Mavichan just so. No. I don't think he thought he was immortal or anything. <laughs> so the Universal Council we'll talk about for a bit. Mavichan mm. was on that, obviously, and wanted to create a new one. Mm. There was the yes, s- consisting the, 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 of just himself. There was the <laughs> m- there was the mannequin. Yes. There was, the, there was a mannequin who, I'm pretty sure it was a mannequin, it might have been a guy in, in makeup, but it looked to me a lot like one of those... Yes, with loads of sponge balls stuck on him or something. I think he had bubonic plague. It was the black death. Yeah. But he, but he spoke mm. like the snake guy Hiss from He-Man. Did I thought so. I will take your word for that again. And he shouted a lot. He didn't really use his inside voice, I didn't think. Yes, uh, he he did quite shout a lot for someone who later in the episode claimed he was only an observer. Yes, <laughs> ignore me. <laughs> he said, I'm only an observer. Can I leave, please? This is getting too dangerous now. Yes, he was either like the guy from Venture <laughs> Brothers or he was like Gus from uh, Drop the Dead Donkey. Keep <laughs> giving suggestions. No, I'm only here as an observer. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I miss that show. Both of them. Shall we talk about the beer? I am not averse to talking about the beer. Okay. This is this is because because of episode seven, the infamous mm. episode seven, we've decided and uh, because it's August, we've decided to drink Christmas porter. Yes, we're getting in on the Christmas action now. Ding dong merrily on the high. Compliments Indeed. of the season, dear you Well thank you, Irish one. Well there we go. It's it's a porter, funnily enough, with mm. cacao, chili and festive spices. Yes. Including but cloves, Gal's favourite ever festive yes. spice. Yes, I do love cloves. You don't do No. Why do you hate cloves so much? I that's the taste is like vilely repulsive. It's just too strong and infuses its influence upon everything it touches. I find it amusing. Like tea. <laughs> Nothing wrong with tea. The doctor likes tea. Fuck tea. Fuck the doctor. And fuck cloves. Yeah, I do. I do find it amusing. That this is apparently best before twenty third of November, twenty twelve. So we can't drink this at Christmas. So we'll have to drink it now. Well, that's a damn shame. I like how it says best before neck, and then it prints the date directly underneath, and not actually on the neck. Hark, the sound of hurried footsteps come. The countdown to Christmas has begun. 
the hijack season of duality, that's more about consumers than cordiality. I'm not reading any more of their poem, The Tones. It is quite a long poem. Oh, well, well I'm not too. And, and this is from the uh, the Scottish Brewdog Company. Name six other things that are from them. Uh, there's uh, B number one, B number two, Alice Porter. Alice Porter. Mm. Mm. Because apparently this is just Alice Porter with with clothes and music. But they uh, they they're one of the probably leading sort of microbreweries over here, making it big. If you keeping like. it real. Mm. They used to live in Philadelphia, and then their mom sent them to uh, Los Angeles. And also, I believe, <laughs> uh, delayed jokes. And also, I believe they are the makers of uh, the famed uh, nuclear atomic penguins. Beer. Oh yeah, that's them. And uh, and the even more dangerous, I can't remember what they call it one. Well, if we ever review Batman Returns, we'll drink a nuclear atomic penguin. And then shortly die. Or we could, oh, if we reviewed Batman, anyway, we're not, we're not reviewing that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, back to the beer. I don't think we've actually said much about it yet, have we? It's alright. I think it's a bit, mm. it's very Christmassy, let's put it that way. I thought you said it wasn't very Christmassy. Well, I'm saying it's not very Christmassy, but it is Christmassy in the fact that it's, it's an alright thing shoved full of Christmassy things so that it's 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 a nice thing shoved full of Christmassy things so it's just alright. Yeah. I, you know, it's show, I mean there's so much stuff in it you don't really need it's, that it that it is very Christmassy and alright. Yeah. I, I can't taste the chili in it but there's no, you haven't taste there is a hell of a lot of spice gone into it. And there's, love, there's a lot of flavour there. And love I believe. Yes, because love is a major ingredient in a food and drink production. It is. And it's all you and, need, apparently. Yeah, and this this has got a lot of love in it. <laughs> Gav, it's not really Christmas. I'm getting moved for Christmas now. Right, do you want to sing uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas? Simply having a wonderful beer. I think we should stop talking about the beer. Okay. Should we talk? No. About the Daleks. Let's do a silent podcast. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Should we talk about the Daleks? We saw the Dalek creatures. Yeah. Is it, I think, that's a, is that the first time? Did we see the Dalek creatures? This is Garth who apparently watches the episodes. Yes. Um, yes, whenever they were disintegrating. Disintegrating, yes. I saw, yes. Is that the first time? I think it is. Uh, well, we saw the Daleks in, uh, we saw the Dalek creatures in Dalek. Oh, we saw half no, of one. we didn't one. see the Dalek creatures. We, we saw, saw half of one under a towel. We saw it, yes. We didn't see it the full too, one. It was just out of the shower at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it was just coming out of the shower and found out that the Doctor and Ian and Barbara had stolen its clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastards, not again. I wonder if he woke up thinking that must have been a good night out. That was Dalek Quinton. <laughs> <laughs> he was really annoyed. But yes, things we learned about Daleks this time: mm-hmm. they don't make mistakes, and, and exterminations will not be questioned. Mm. Sure, they will be, and I'm sure they have. But there you are. And one Dalek is ex- is capable of exterminating all. And the only time we've seen that 
What one Dalek exterminating all? Yeah, can you tell me? That episode is called Dalek. Okay. The, the, the Ninth Doctor episode, Dalek, where you have oh, one Dalek one, yes. exterminating all. Until it went weird. Mm. But yeah, so I wonder if they watched that episode and thought, or Robert Sherman or Stephen Moffat or Russell T. Davis watched that episode and thought, hmm, we should make an episode of that. Or do they just think the Daleks are pretty shit? Let's just may have one Dalek in a story and make them kill everything. I just think Robert Sherman is ace and he just wrote a great Dalek story because he realised the Daleks can be good. Well, Russell T. Davis said to him, I think, do a story with one Dalek, show them how good they are. Do them have time machines and <laughs> chase the doctor around the universe. <laughs> Wasn't it also loosely based on one of his big Finnish stories? Very, very loosely, yes. Incredibly loosely based. <laughs> Nothing to do with his big finish. But yes. Yes. As I do like uh, also in this, with the Daleks, how they moved about. They, they did seem to like power slide around corners a lot. Was that the CGI ones or was that the actual Daleks? I don't know. Because we had CGI yeah. ones in the reconstructions. Yeah. You didn't seem to have heard of friction. Yes, they uh, they regularly floated over everything. I, I really was. I really did like saying "wee" every time a Dalek went past. <laughs> but I, I think they did as well. But it really did look a lot. A lot of whether it was animated or not, whether it was the actual episode, but they were like kicking the back ends out, going around corners and sliding. Yeah, it looked quite funny. And another of my favourite Dalek moments. I can't remember which episode it was in now. When they had the uh, awkward silence, well, it was probably a few episodes. The, there was one particular moment where the sort of supreme Dalek, he, he was talking to the rest of the Daleks, <laughs> and then there was like about five seconds silence or something like that, with nobody talking, and then one of the other Daleks sort of awkwardly said something. <laughs> <laughs> so, <you laughs> come to Kimball often? <laughs> yeah, and another thing, when they're... Uh, when so I can't remember exactly when it was actually, but uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, yes, on Tuesday mm-hmm. when the Daleks, so that were when the doctors I think got hold of the Terranium, the M of Terranium, yes. he, he has the full M of Terranium, and the Daleks apparently can't shoot anybody else because it might explode the Terranium. As it's like, what can't they aim at specific people? No. Do, do they just shoot the whole room? So they can't risk hitting a specific well, target. They can't they risk their beam everything. coming out of someone else after they've shot them. It's better like mm. a bullet, you see. You know, on a plane, you don't really risk mm. shooting someone getting lest their. I like saying lest a lot, isn't it? Lest that the bullet. Another beer, folks. Hmm? Another beer. I can be yours. Whenever you say less. Lest? Right, I'm lest, and you're sort of. We should get sentence involved both. We be quids in. Somehow. Yes, Dalek Steve was 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 rubbish again. Yes, he uh, he only showed mainly because he is well. mainly because he is the rubbish Dalek. <laughs> so every time he's going to appear, he's going to be rubbish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was he was beaten by the, by the Egyptians. Yes, and not even a good way. <laughs> Basically, no. he somehow faced the wrong way down, and then and then was at a wall. Yeah. Yes, and the Egyptians decided yes. to wall him in with rocks. Yes, <laughs> yes, he he ran into a corner or something yeah. where he couldn't move, and then the Egyptians placed rocks behind him so he couldn't back out. Yes, 
<laughs> and that was Dalek Steve captured. Interesting thing is the Egyptians were quite xenophobic themselves, so they had a lot, of nothing, a lot in common with the Daleks. Because mm-hmm. you would, because uh, I've actually seen or, or read about Egyptians saying how uh, they complained about the smell of other <laughs> of foreigners and things like that, and they couldn't. Mm-hmm. They only stand to be around them, you know, whenever they need to be. That's history. I haven't really, I haven't really read about them exterminating people. <laughs> they might have done. I don't, might have, I don't know. I haven't really read about you know motherships and exterminating people in Scarrow or anything with the Egyptians mm-hmm. yet. But you never know. Uh, I just want mm-hmm. to see Daleks on on hieroglyphs. That's all I want to see. Yeah, a bit like for the awesome call that Vishal did us. Did for us. Yes, for the previous episode was it? Yes. Yes, yes, in, like in the, the, in the yes. background of that, there's yes, like Dalek style hieroglyphics yeah, 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 in the background. Yeah, very much really like nice touch. Very much, very much like that. And absolutely awesome cover. I, it was. I was blown away by that cover. I really was. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so you've got your work cut out for you, and everybody else was doing. I'm doing this one, aren't I? Oh, God. Yes, yes there's nothing. Daleks. Obviously, you know, they're going to kill some of them, the, the Egyptians. Well, Daleks T, for example. Yeah. Aren't they, aren't, no. I would love to see in a few years' time they, they dig up the, the casing of Daleks <laughs> in ancient Egypt. <laughs> what the hell is this? And then they dig that thing, and that would screw up evolutionary theory. Right, we should really talk about, because I think this is the first time in Doctor Who so far we've had two villains Previous villains who've appeared, appearing again and teaming up with each other, which just occurred to me today. Yeah. This is this is, this is probably a thing. I mean, the Daleks and the meddling monk. So, but it is quite uh, yeah. yeah. It's 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 a very it's a very cool thing to happen. The only reason it happened is because mm. the writer who was writing this part of the Dalek master plan created the monk. But yeah, it was good to see. It was good to see the monk again. Yes, um, even if he had to squeeze into his TARDIS that was really small, that yes. <laughs> uh, to, to get to get into it. Well, he, he yeah, he was very sort of jovial, and he had a lot of fun with this episode. And he had sunglasses. Yes, you said he looked a bit like Suggs. Yes, <laughs> from uh, from off of uh, what they call madness. Madness, that's the one. Yeah, I, I thought at times it looked like a Suggs album cover. I did like that the monk has met the Doctor once, and he refers to him now as his arch enemy. Well, the he, Doctor did call him a, an amateur, mm-hmm. so I can see that if he can met this guy once and he's his arch enemy. Well, the first time he met him, he did strand him in the past with nowhere to go and a tiny time machine that he had to really squeeze into. I, I think I'd make somebody my arch enemy if they did that to me. <laughs> I don't care if I've not even met them. They are now my arch enemy. It is my Look, mission. I apologise <laughs> for that, Cap. I apologise for that. The Doctor! With his hat and yes. cane, he was like he was putting on the Ritz. Yes, he was very spiffing in the desert. And he was, he was happy a lot. He was laughing all the, through these episodes. Was it happy or just insanity? I think it might have been insanity. <laughs> because that's all he did. Every episode, he was just giggling to himself. He was, and they kept using the same picture on the uh, reconstruction, which was freaking me out a bit. Yeah, I think he's going. Uh, yeah, he's going insane in his old age. Should we talk about his magic ring and sun powers? <laughs> God, what was that? I don't know. We'll play right here. I'm just going to listen. We'll let people listen to the explanation for how he was able to reverse the monk's uh, what he did to his lock, yeah. and see if you can understand it. 
because I don't think the doctor can. But first you tell us something. Yes. How did you break that lock? Oh, that's all very simple, dear boy. You see, the sun in that particular galaxy has very unusual powers. I merely reflected its powers through that ring. Is there something special about it? Yes, it has uh, certain properties. The combined forces of that sun, together with the stone in that ring, was sufficient enough to correct the monk's interference. Yes, but what properties has it? Now, I don't want to discuss it anymore, please, about turn and do your two. Go along. No, still don't understand it. It's just mad. It's a magic sun powers, as you said. I'm baffled. You are literally baffled, aren't you? Yeah. Um, the, the, the time destructor, it would explain why the last two episodes were so long. Yes. Did the, yeah, the time destructor built the fourth wall itself? Yes, and made the last two episodes last a week. I mean, what, what were the Daleks planning on using the time destructor for? Uh, destructing time. That's all I can think of. But to what end? I don't know. Threatening it's... the universe, capitulate to us and our committee. We will. We will enforce this in triplicate. It's all. all will just make your planet go forward million years in evolution <laughs> and destroy itself. We're that crazy. Wish the doctor by the, does by the, anyway. By the way, do you have any terrain? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a cool way for the doctor to regenerate. I think though. Possible. Not that that's not that that's on the cards at the moment, but you know, I did but read somewhere it, it that said, or did read somewhere that someone said, you know, it might have contributed to the Doctor regenerating in, like, you know, from the tenth planet, which we'll get to next year. Mm-hmm. But since they all went back to their original ages, it has no effect on it whatsoever. Did the Doctor even age at all? He did age, and then it reversed. If you listen to my synopsis, he did mm-hmm. age, and then it reversed. I know everybody else aged. Sorry, I was caught in a talk time loop there. <laughs> I know everybody else aged, and you could visually see it on the screen as yeah, well. Yeah, but I don't and think... It reversed, they probably didn't the make doc- him age because you can't really tell with... You don't really know how he ages and stuff. I, I just presumed he was impervious to aging. Oh, there's that scream again. We should really not let that person in here. Let's kick him out. That, that's, we should really lock the door when we're doing this. So the companion I thought of for this mm. one... Uh, I, or, uh, yeah, I just want Mavic Chen to be the companion because he's insane. <laughs> I'd like him. I, I'd like him to, to 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 travel with the Doctor uh, and always try to take over the world and stuff. Can I have just anybody but Stephen? I know who you'd like. You like the policeman that says, "Oh I, <laughs> <laughs> oh I." Yes, I like it. But I, I was thinking the guy who was complaining about is <laughs> you want the greenhouse guy. I want the greenhouse guy. Actually, that's a really good idea. Because he was complaining about that, how would he manage manage traveling around time and space? I think he will provide a lot of comedy around time and space, yes. Because he's complaining about time, his greenhouse missing. How, you know, I mean, the entire Earth going missing, he would be fucking freaked out. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, you know the, uh, the uh, Galactic Council guy that was a mannequin? Yes, but they pretty much do that with comedian, comedian the uh, the android mm-hmm. with the fifth doctor. So yeah, because he never really uh, does anything either. So there's that. Yes, I I can barely remember. I beseech as beseechingly as I might, Gav. What yes. is your quote? Uh, my, Tell me all about it. My quote is going to be the uh, section where they basically land <laughs> in the middle of a cricket match. 
and the commentators commentating on it and it sounds very much like a Mitchell and Webb sketch. And here it is. 78 runs in 45 minutes to win. It really has been an exciting game, hasn't it, Scott? Very exciting. Well, let's have a look at the scoreboard, shall we? Now you'll see... That... Goodness me. Take a look at that, Scott. Take a look at what, Trev? There's a police telephone box on the pitch. My word, yes. Well, this really is extraordinary. You don't remember anything like this happening before, do you, Scott? No. No. Well, anyway, Ross is looking through the record books, and if there has been anything like it before, I'm sure he'll find it for us. You know, Trev, this puts a new light on the game. Uh, what lights that's got? Well, I know your ground staff are excellent, but even assuming they get rid of it in, say, uh, 10 minutes, England will still have to get their 78 runs in uh, 35 minutes. Yes. Yes, well, I think we can safely say this has been a very bad break for England. A very bad break. Especially as the weather's been holding off so well. Yes, it has, hasn't it? Been holding off remarkably well. Well, let's have another look at the scoreboard, shall we? Although not very much has been happening these it's, last uh, few... It's making a funny noise. Oh, what's that, Scott? Uh, a funny noise coming from the police box. It's gone again, Trev. Yes, so it has. Well, that wasn't too bad, was it, Scott? Two and a half minutes, I make it, Trev. Yes, well, there's the position. England wanting 78 runs in 42 and a half minutes to win. Yes, it is actually really funny. This is what I was saying about this is funny. I don't really think the majority of the Christmas special was. It, it is just... Mm. You wouldn't expect to see this on a Doctor Who episode in the 1960s. Because it's just, is it, they're just, they're just treating it as if it's like satire, really, isn't it? Yeah. By, uh, yeah. by contrast, my shitty quote. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my quote isn't funny, but I, but well, I do enjoy it. It's actually the end of the episode. And as Stephen and Doctor talking about, uh, the futile photoness of the whole 12 episodes, really. And here it is, thusly. Let's go, Doctor. I've seen enough of this. Well, my boy, we finally rid this plant of Daleks. Brent! Katarina! Sarah? The waste. What a terrible waste. Uh, I, I quite like it because... Um, and, and indeed, the theme of that is, is it picked up a lot in the Fifth Doctor story, some of the Fifth Doctor stories. You know, about the whole waste. Of human life thing. So, final thoughts. Yes. Uh, Are you sorry to see the back of Campbell, Gav? <laughs> no. I have to say, I don't I like the Christmas... We've spent a lot of time there. We have spent a lot of time. We've spent 13 episodes there. I don't like it. I don't like the Christmas one. Not, and I've said this before, not because it was a comedy, because it's a bad one, generally. There's a few good I, bits I, I in I like the first bit with the police station. <laughs> There, there were a few. The rest not of all it, of it. There were a few. There were a few good bits in it, but the 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 uh, yeah, the, ninth, the silent bit, which wasn't silent, mm. isn't good at all. The last two episodes again mm. take ages to wrap up. I do I do think the first six episodes were a lot better than the last six. Mm. Yeah, they they got through more story and they told it more professionally or something. I don't know. But it was generally mm. more enjoyable. I thought. Mm. Whereas, whereas the six and there was more, just dragged. There was more Maverick Chain in the first six episodes. 
in the next in the last six, the only he really really came into himself was that the only good bit about the last two episodes was Maverick Chen when he went insane. But otherwise, he just seemed to follow the Daleks around. Yeah, there were a lot of lines just flitting from planet to planet, just doing random shit and not being coherent in any way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But still, it was. I mm. think it was an interesting, interesting story to watch. Mm. Overall, just I think the thing the producers felt it was forced on them who were making this because the previous producers had agreed to do this, mm. so that the new producers felt it was forced on them, and it was a, one of the one of the main things that made them leave. So in a yeah, episode or two, there's another, there's another, there's more producers because they just left. It probably didn't didn't focus enough on the Daleks. I don't think either being being the centre of things. It focused more on the council rather than the Daleks. I wouldn't have a problem with that, but I don't see the need for the council. Why would the Daleks? And I mentioned this last time. Why would the Daleks want to do a council thing? It seemed pointless. It, it seemed the Daleks re- reached Daleks the just... same conclusion at the end when they prisoned <laughs> them all. Because fuck, we don't need these fuckers. Why they would do this? Yeah, but why did they imprison them all instead of exterminating? Yes. What is it with the goddamn Daleks? They don't understand their. They don't know their mission statement anymore. What they need is like a creator to bring them into line. So yes, we have a question, which goes this one: Dear various gavs, how are you? I am fine. I've been recently been playing catch-up on the show because it's awesome, and a question occurred to me that I've been thinking about since I started watching New Doctor Who. Do they ever explain Susan's deal? Is she actually the Doctor's granddaughter? Is she adopted? A baby Time Lord? How shitty would it be to be a Time Lord that has to go to school in the 60s? Does the Doctor have other children? Or whatever. What the hell? Your friend in time, Matt. And also, what, if anything, can you tell me about Absalom Dak, Dalek Hunter? So, when you say we have a question, yes, you meant we have 56 questions. We have 56 <laughs> questions, yes. Well, let's take them one at a time, I think. The first question is, how are you? How are you, Gav? Uh, I'm, I'm all right. Yes, I'm all right. I have beer. I am fine. So, the root canal surgery earlier on? Yes, you did have uh, surgery. Exploratory surgery. Yes. Is that How is that... I just thought to ask you now, how is that compared to the Dalek Master Plan? I enjoyed the Dalek Master Plan a lot more. Well, there we are. Yes, r- rather than sitting in a chair for 45 minutes with somebody inflicting pain on me, yes, uh, an episode of The Doctor Who was a lot better. Do they ever explain Susan's deal? No. Is this poker? Ah, card reference. It was a card reference. Is she actually the Doctor's granddaughter? As far as we know, yes. Yes, as far as we know, indeed. Is she adopted? Don't know. A baby time lord. So she might have been at some stage? Yes, I'm I'm guessing that once she was a baby and she grew up. I have no reason to believe otherwise. Well, in the Doctor Who New Adventures books that were out in Mm -hmm. the 90s or so, featuring the Seventh Doctor, continuing adventures... Mm -hmm. Uh, they talked about there was one of them called Long Barrow, which had the last one in fact had the seventh doctor. The doctor went back to his home on Gallifrey, mm-hmm. and they did talk there about how babies are born fully adults. No, baby, no, no, babies aren't born. Time lords are are families of, and they're all cousins. 
but they're all created in looms. I think it's something to do with genetic material or something in looms, and they're all cousins. So families there are completely different to families that we would consider here. But again, that's apocryphal, non-canonical in books, or it can be canonical if you want. Yeah, I don't think we've seen in Doctor Who any child Time Lord? Time Lords. Yes, we have. Oh, Gallifreyans, have we? Yes, we have. Have we? Well, yes. We've Ooh. seen we've seen a Time Lord child. Who was the Time Lord child? River? Aye. But she's half Time Lord. Okay, the Master? Have we seen the Master as a child? Yes, in the new series. Tilly? When they showed him looking uh, into the abyss. Ah, yes, we did, yes. I forgot about that. So that didn't happen. <laughs> So the looms didn't happen, so there we are. Uh, I assume she was a baby time lord then, unless she was adopted, which we don't know either. Yeah. How shitty would it be to be a time lord that has to go to school in the 60s? Well, I imagine it would be very shitty. Could be worse. In the 50s? Oh. <laughs> in the 1450s. She could have gone to my school. <laughs> she could have gone to your school in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> Does the Doctor have other children or whatever? Besides the, uh, he does, he the does. Doctor's daughter from the new series. Oh, yes. But that's where, yeah. we're assuming no. He's never but he mentioned. Does, but he does have children. Has he mentioned them? He does mention he's a father at one or two occasions. Ah, yes, he does, does he? But never oh. really in the... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's even weird in the five Doctors where the fifth Doctor sees Susan and, and, uh, and she calls him Grandfather. Even though at that stage, the actress playing is is twice the probably about twice the age <laughs> of, of, of Peter Davison. That's the life of the Time Lord. Uh, and his final question, Matt's final question: Who is, of course, co-host of Postatomic Horror? Yes. Which you should listen to, and you do. Talking to them. I do. I do. It's good. Postatomichorror.com. and the uh, co-host of Sarcastic Voice. SarcasticVoyage.com Anyway, he says, what the hell? What the hell, Gav? What the hell, indeed. (laughs) Yes, as far as Susan's deal goes, going back to the first one, I think she's recognised as uh, his granddaughter. He's mentioned it, hasn't he? Yeah, but do we know, is she adopted? Is she actually his granddaughter? Or is he just, does he just refer to her as his granddaughter? We don't know. No. We can only speculate. We can only take things at face value. I infer that she's actually his granddaughter, biologically. Biologically. Or loomologically. Yeah, because the Doctor never lies. Never lies, apart from the first rule being the Doctor always lies. So, yes, we don't know. We don't know. And Absalom Dak. Yes, the Dalek Hunter. Yes. The. Uh, what do we know about him? Well, i tell you what I know about him. <laughs> what, He's what, the what space do? punisher of the 1980s. <laughs> He's 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 a, he's a, he was apparently he was a criminal who and the Daleks killed his only love, mm. so he swore revenge on them and 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 went after them in a nineteen eighties anti-hero Rambo kind of way. Yep, that's about all I googled as well. Written by Stephen Moore. Yeah. Well, I have read. I think I've read one story with Absalom Duck, but he is your typical Lobo type of guy without the uh, ironic twist. Uh, he's, he's not the doctor. He's not the doctor, no. 
But he's been in a few uh, Doctor Who magazine comic strips and things. I think you can get a uh, collected graphic novel thing with him as well. As well. Uh, yeah, I did uh, see one or two when I googled his name. <laughs> you like Google, don't you? I. Other uh, search engines are available. <laughs> <laughs> so you can uh, contact us in all the uh, usual ways. Uh, any questions yeah. on upcoming episodes? If you have any questions on the episodes yes. we've done, anything you don't understand, feel yeah. free to, to email us. Yes, the email is uh, drunkentimetravel at gmail.com. Our uh, website is drunkentimetravel.blogspot.com, which is where you can also find reviews of uh, other stories yes, within uh, the Doctor Who universe. I think we do one every three weeks now. Yes. Because yeah, we generally do, we do a main story, the spin-off, Drunken Science or History, yep. and then a review. So uh, on Twitter we're at Drunk Time Travel. We couldn't get the N in. Or the E, if you're going to be specific. Well, I meant the E-N, spelled N. Uh, like the M phonetic, of Terinium. Phonetic oh, you're, being, you're saying M of Terinium. <laughs> we couldn't get the N of Terinium in Drunken Time Travel. <laughs> And uh, I have now fixed the iTunes feed. Yay! And uh, please feel free to uh, rate or comment on the iTunes page. Yes, and uh, if you have any, you know, if you if you want to rate or comment us by email, please do. If you don't want us to read it online, uh, let us know. Next time we're doing the massacre of Saint Bartholomew's Eve. And that's you doing that. Yes, uh, I'm so looking forward to that one. Yep, France, religion, how great can it be? It's, it's, it's all my favourite subjects rolled into one. So, as we imbibe the rest of the alcohol to remove the Christmas episode from our memories, we say soupy twist. Soupy twist. And in the next episode, you'll hear Irish Gav say, This story is about 16th century religious mob violence in France. So your typical Doctor Who story then. And you'll hear English Gav say, France? We have to drink French beer again? <laughs> <laughs>